There's talk of corruption, of system and state. There's talk of destruction by warheads and hate. Friends, we must believe in something, or soon it will be too late. Why not believe in the superstar?
Welcome to the OK Jazz Podcast, episode number 161, Sunday, July 16th, 2023. My name is James of St. Catchpole, Mr. OK Jazz, coming to you as always from the rough, gritty, and hot, hot, hot streets of North Yokohama, right here in the Tokyo metropolitan area of Eastern Japan, the world's largest megacity. I'm a freelance broadcaster and music writer, and this podcast is pretty much whatever's been on my playlists recently. No borders or genres, just a whole lot of great tunes. Well, what about that to open the show here today? Speaking of hot, Roy airs an ubiquity with He's a Superstar, featuring Idris Muhammad on drums laying down that scorching groove. You know, that's enough to make me dress up Sunday morning and go to church if they promise all the songs about Jesus are going to sound like that. Now, I'm not a Christian, and I, only once have I've ever been to a church service, actually. Um, thankfully, it was at a black church in Washington, D.C., where they were singing gospel tunes. And I mean, they sang gospel. It was incredible. Certainly made me understand the power of music yet again, because I found myself even wanting to testify and accept the Lord after hearing all of those tunes. It was that amazing. Well, as for Roy Ayers, though, what can you really say? Um, Vibes player, born in Los Angeles, he released several straight-ahead jazz albums on Atlantic Records in the 1960s. Famously, he was a member of Herbie Mann's group, uh, but he was also even on three records by soul jazz saxophonist Curtis Amy. Well, Curtis Amy is a little bit of a forgotten name these days, and he's someone that I only learned about at the great jazz pub Misho in Shinjuku years back. Misho-san pulled out a bunch of Curtis Amy original albums from the early 1960s, and I was real surprised to see Roy on there. But Roy is, of course, much more famous for his 1970s work, Polydor Records, leading his own band and having huge hits like Everybody Loves the Sunshine, and playing jazz funk, like what we just heard. And I read somewhere the other day that he's cited as the number one most sampled musician by rappers in the last 40 years, which I would not have guessed. I mean, I would have assumed he'd be up there, but ahead of James Brown? I think I might need to fact check that one, but... Anyways, I saw him play a couple times here in Japan, where until very recently he was a, pretty much a yearly visitor. His records are still plentiful in all the local shops. So an early happy birthday to Roy Ayers as he will turn 83 next month. Well, all right, what's happening? It's been pretty busy here for me the last several weeks. Um, no real time to settle in and get a podcast episode ready for quite a while. Uh, but I did find myself suddenly, though, with a couple days uh, that opened up. I'll explain more about that later in the show. Uh, but anyways, was able to settle in, get some notes done, some tunes chosen, and just put things in order, ready to come record today. Well, if you follow me on social media sites like Twitter and Instagram, you'll also see just a couple days ago, I received in the mail my first copy, the first copy to land in Japan of the Tokyo Jazz Joints photo book, eight plus years in the making. So thrilled and happy about it. Thanks as always to my buddy Philip for express mailing me a copy. We're really proud of our work getting this book together, so check out Barnes & Noble's, Amazon, or Kinokuniya Bookstore's online site here in Japan to order a copy. If you love old Japanese jazz joints, and I'm pretty much sure that you would be listening to this program if you didn't, um, you're going to find a copy of this for your coffee table. Just a reminder, we aren't making any money off of this. This is a pure labor of love. So if by some chance we did earn some profit, I'd just go back towards, you know, all the expenses it takes to put it together and to continue the project going forward. 
All right, not really much more to get into since we've got an extra jam-packed episode today. Let's get to it. I've got new music for you as always. We're going to hear from the UK, from West Africa, from the US. Uh, we're going to hit Memphis again for some funky soul, a little Caribbean island hop, and some superb new jazz from a very fresh new face. Well, new to me at least. All that and more coming, but first. So two weeks ago, I went to a huge record fair in the Asakusa neighborhood of Japan and then to a great DJ night at the Pure Sounds Bar that evening for some world music tunes. Uh, shout out to regular listener Yuka-san for saying hi. It's so great to hear from people in real life who like the show. Arigato Yuka-san. It was a real fun day of good tunes anyway at the record fair. and I had to add to my meager collection of vintage samba albums because there were some great things on sale there from Fandango Records. I picked up an album each by Martino Davila, Clara Nunez, and Alcion. All superb, all samba giants. But in addition to listening to those classics, I've also been researching lately contemporary samba from all the usual online channels. And I've been sharing little bits and pieces with you as I've been going along this journey. So last week we heard from contemporary live samba uh, Zande de Pilares in Brazil. And today I've got another live samba cut, this time from Jorge Arajao. Jorge Arajao was a one-time member of the very popular group Fundo de Quintal in the 1970s in Brazil, and since 1983 performing as a solo artist, releasing more than 20 records, writing hit songs as well for other musicians, and leading his own bands and touring, playing samba and pagode music. Well, Jorge is obviously a huge star in Brazil, but he was a new name to me as I'm learning that, you know, the Brazilian music market is just so massive domestically. You can be a really huge superstar there without getting much traction outside the country. And as far as I can tell, samba, for some reason, is not as popular outside of Brazil as a lot of other types of music. But man, inside Brazil, wow. Just listen to the joy and love of this audience on Jorge's live album, Ao Vivo Tu. I mean, you know, Brazilian audiences singing along never bothers me because it's just so full of love. This is the opening cut of the album. It's called Oi e Voce Sempre. Yet another gorgeous one in my ongoing Beginners 101 study of Samba music past and present, which I promise I'm going to keep sharing with you here on OK Jazz. Take it away, Jorge Arajao. OK Jazz, episode number 161. Ikimashou! Por dentro 
o dom de fugir pra qualquer lugar E é feito um pé de vento Sem pensar no que é
Super Hip New Music, the latest from Sarafi Korwar, the London-based drummer and multi-instrumentalist. An album is called Kalak, and that track was Utopia is a Colonial Project, and it features New York-based DJ and producer Fote. Well, Sarathi Korwar is such an interesting musician. Uh, this album, Kalak, is based around the Kalak rhythm in Indian music, upon which the musicians built all the tunes around. You might remember Sarathi's previous album called More Arriving. That was one of my all-time OK Jazz album picks, one of the best I've heard while making this program. This album is very conceptually fascinating, and though maybe a little bit too electronic for my taste at times, I definitely ride with Sarathi. He is a great musician, and I'm always going to be ready for his new recordings. Okay, staying in the UK now for another group looking to bring some fresh new sounds into the equation. The band is called Mestizo. They're from the UK and reading from their Bandcamp page. For the past four years, British Caribbean band leader and saxophonist Ananse and Colombian label head and multi-instrumentalist Daniel Michel have been building a musical bridge between their two worlds, creating a beguiling new interpretation of Colombian folk traditions, London jazz, and hip-hop. The culmination of their efforts now comes in their uniquely energetic self-titled debut album, Mestizo, released on the Maisun label on May 5th, 2023. Well, I think we've hit a lot of recent music from that very fertile London music scene last four or five years, mainly on the jazz side of things. This is another group to add to the list. I'm enjoying this record very much. Check it out. It's Mestizo from London with Puente Cosmico, kickoff track from their self-titled album. And thanks as always to Luis and the great people at MyZoom for sending me the copy of this.
this time from the wonderful Fatumata Diawara from Mali. Her third studio album, called London Cole, and that track was called Tolon, and that featured guest vocalist Yemi Alade from Nigeria. And that is some very serious superstar female musician power. Yemi Alade, you may remember from a previous program I did covering the music of Nigeria. She's surely one of Nigerian music's most popular singers currently, popular all around West Africa, actually. So seeing her guest with Fatimata Diwara is really, really cool. Uh, Fatimata is not only a wonderful musician, singer, and electric guitarist, uh, which is not very common for female Malian musicians, actually, but you may also remember me talking about her project last year, 
to help preserve the ancient libraries of Timbuktu in Mali. These were historic centers of education for over a thousand years, and they've been under threat from extremist militants in the region. Look up that project online. There's a lot you can read and watch about it. Fatimata is just a total badass. Maximum respect. Um, I have to admit, though, I'm a little bit disappointed with this album. I, I guess because the bar was set so high in her first two releases, that, you know, sometimes it's impossible to keep that up. But I think this, this record had so many guests and really poppy production from Damon Albarn. It wasn't quite as hip to me. And, you know, I'm going to refrain from giving my full opinion of Mr. Damon Albarn. I mean, just to query out to you, is there a rule that he's got to be involved in every high-profile album to come out of West Africa these days? Because it seems like he's on all of them. But anyway, enough nastiness. So I mentioned at the top of the show, I suddenly found myself with a little bit of free time uh, two weeks ago. But it wasn't exactly free time because after three and a half years, the big C finally caught me. I got covid and I was knocked out for several days, feeling pretty, pretty bad. Um, and my poor dear OK Jazz Princess, my daughter, she also caught it, though she seemed to recover in about five minutes. I was not so lucky at my age. But thankfully, I've been vaccinated several times, so I got over it pretty quickly. Uh, just remember, this thing is not going away. We've had a wave of cases here in Japan, and I'm sure that's going to happen again in other countries. So please, get your shots and stay vigilant. Well, I don't know many funky COVID songs, so how about this one then from what is a contender for the greatest backing band of all time? Booker T and the MGs. Their album Melting Pot is a longtime DJ favorite for obvious reasons. Check out this one. Kind of suits the conversation. It's called Chicken Pox. <laughs>
Venga, 
just can't believe how cool that sounds. Now, how many of you out there can guess where that comes from? The track is called Divua Diami, and it's by a guy named Cisco. He comes from Angola in Southwest Africa, and that tune I've got on a compilation, I've introduced this several times on the pod over the years. It's called Angola Soundtrack 2, Hypnosis, Distortions, and Other Sonic Innovations, 1969 to 1978. What a title that is. Played a couple tracks from this back in the early days of the podcast for sure, though. I think it was six or seven years ago, so it was okay to get it out again. Um, just can't get enough of that insane guitar sound and those ginga rhythms and production. And it comes from the always amazing Analog Africa label. It reissues so many great recordings from the 1960s onwards from all around the continent. Real goldmine of music. But I do hope, though, that the artists are being properly compensated, though. I'm not going to disparage Analog Africa because by all accounts, they do a good job to get royalties to the musicians. But there has been a lot of controversy over the last few years about the endless African reissues coming out from a myriad of labels because many of these so-called altruistic labels are not really providing much compensation to the musicians. Uh, There's a real in-depth conversation about this topic on the Afropop Worldwide podcast series. So you can check that out at the Afropop Worldwide website if you'd like to learn a bit more. I do recommend uh, that you listen to that one because, you know, as fans of music that's being reissued from all around the world, I think we have an obligation to make sure that that the people who are doing it, we know it's a great service to introduce us to all these, these great musicians, but Many of them are still alive and have never really been properly compensated for their for their music. So it's a very, very important discussion. Okay, from wild, psychedelic, groovy guitar in Angola. We're going to head way north from there. Uh, same time period, but a very different kind of music, obviously. The band Neu, coming from Dusseldorf in Germany. Uh, drummer Klaus Dinger and guitarist Michael Rother. They were both actually members of the early lineups of Kraftwerk before starting their own group called Noi. And their sound went on to influence a whole range of bands in the UK and the US, as well as Western Europe. And they only recorded a couple of studio albums, which are all highly prized by collectors, but I used to be able to find them on CD too, I think. I know that I had a copy of this when I was in college in the early 90s. What's interesting about this album, though, is that they actually ran out of money while still in the studio in 1973, and the label refused to give them more funds. So they took what they'd already recorded, started messing around with the tape edits, tempos, and effects to flesh out the full album. So listen to this one. It's called Noisne, and you can hear a bit of what was going on in the edits of this, but it still comes out sounding so hip. This is an all-time Krautrock album for sure. Noi 2, with the tune called Noisne.
Not a German there, but definitely an album that people instantly associate with being recorded in Berlin. It's David Bowie from the album Low, part of his Berlin trilogy, a tune called Always Crashing the Same Car. Well, Low is a really interesting record. His side two is almost completely instrumental, uh, but that's not at all just a, a Brian Eno project. Brian Eno, of course, produced the record. As some people have said, it's still very much a Bowie album. I'm not sure why, but over the last year or so, I find myself going back to David Bowie quite often. Uh, it was a couple months back on the show here. I think we let off with one from his Station to Station album. Uh, and now this one from Lowe. Always so much of interest with David Bowie, that's for sure. All right, another completely different direction. Across the ocean, we're going to go to the islands of Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. My ancestral homeland, in a way, uh, it's where my mother and all her 11 siblings were born and raised in, in Trinidad, the grandchildren of Punjabi Muslim laborers who were brought from India in the late 1800s by the British colonialists to work so-called lucrative jobs. Now, in reality, they were paid virtually nothing and lived in horrendous conditions, simply brought over as supposed legal alternatives to the slave trade that had just been abolished. But Trinidad is a very fascinating place. It was originally held by the Spanish. The capital city is, of course, Port of Spain. Then it was taken by the British. It has a very mixed population of Afro-Caribbeans, Indo-Caribbeans, Chinese, Spanish, white Europeans, and many folks are sort of a jumble of ethnicities in their own way. One of my cousins uh, has a husband, really great guy. He has hair like a black man, a face like a Chinese man, and a Spanish surname. And when you ask him about his varied background, he'll just laugh and go, hey, I'm just a Trini man, I everything. So that kind of gives you a sense of the, of the beautiful humor and joy that people in Trinidad have about their life and culture. 
Well, the music of Trinidad became world famous. Uh, the steel pan was born there. It's a key instrument for carnival season. And of course, Trinidad is the home of Calypso. Now, I'm by no means a Calypso scholar, but what I do know is that the nonsense that you hear on beaches around the West Indies is that's real hotel band silliness. Real Calypso has amazing wordplay and at times very, very bawdy humor. Have a listen to this absolutely hysterical classic from a very famous Calypsonian from years past, The Duke of Iron. It's a song called Miss Constance. Apologies to my non-native English speakers uh, listening to this program. You're going to need to look up the lyrics to this because while the Duke seems to be singing here about a track and field race, in actuality he is singing about something very different. And shout out to Cousin Dom in Toronto for this one. So glad you're on board with OK Jazz now, my man. Hope we can hook up soon in Japan. No, no, not me, Miss Constance. That's against my conscience. Oh, no, not me, Miss Constance. That's against my conscience. To run you a flat race, I'm so afraid. I feel you too small, you can't make the grade. But she said, I may be small, but yet I can take on any runner when the track gets wet. So I said, okay, baby, let's run a hundred yards or two twenty. But she said, no short distance, because I want to test your endurance. Since you think that I am a little child, I bet you're bound to lose when we run a mile. You'll hold your head and ball before the race is finished, you bound to fall. I started off easy, confident of victory. When the first lap ended, I was feeling splendid. But in the second lap, rain started drizzling. Constance passed me as if she was flying. I'll never forget the way she opened up when the track got wet. Now, when you talk about running, she made me think I was walking. Oh, yes, she was spacey. Apparently, she wanted to lap me. But like Jesse Owens, I made a serious grind and came with a terrific cry from behind. The winner, no one could tell, for we were coming in together when I heard the bell. When the last lap started, I felt so enchanted. My knees started wobbling, the track got slippery, see for me stumbling. In the middle of the race, I got so confused, my foot slipped right out of my running shoes. I hold my head and ball, I couldn't get my foot back in the shoes at all. So, hear my explanation, as I did not give satisfaction. I said, girl, you just win me because the water have the track slippery. And if it wasn't for them big running shoes, bet your life I wasn't going to lose. But she said, that's no excuse at all. It's not the shoes too big, it's the foot too small.
Classic dub music there from where else? Jamaica. That's Burning Spear with the tune Dread River from the album Marcus Garvey. One of the greatest, if not the greatest, full-length reggae LPs ever recorded. Uh, Reggae generally, of course, was a singles format back in the classic years. Now, I've got a copy of Marcus Garvey on LP, uh, but also have a CD reissue that came out in the 1990s that has both the original album and the full-length dub version, which was called Garvey's Ghost. That's just a must-have. My reggae collection, not that expensive. Most of what I've got is from famous musicians uh, like Burning Spear, Peter Tosh, Toots and the Maytals, uh, Dennis Al Capone, Lee Perry, etc. But it's a genre of music I've never gotten tired of. Um, Despite the fact that this time of year you can walk into a lot of bars and hear some pop light reggae type stuff that is just dreadful. I mean, I've left many joints over the years after hearing some reggae-fied version of a U.S. Top 40 hit. Ugh. Okay, enough snobbiness. Back to the U.S. now, or at least 
kind of within the U.S., I should say, um, bassist, vocalist, composer Mali Obo Sawin is from the Odenak First Nation. They are indigenous people who live in Vermont and also over the border from Vermont in Canada. Well, Mali was previously a member of the folk, uh, the folk rock group Lula Wiles, and she's also appeared on many albums as a side musician playing bass. She's also a strong advocate for environmental and indigenous people's causes, in addition to being an educator. Well, quoting from Molly's website here, telling indigenous stories through the language of jazz is not a new phenomenon. My people have had to innovate endlessly to get our stories heard, learning to express ourselves in French, English, and Abenaki. But sometimes words fail us and we must use sound. My album Sweet Tooth is a testament to this, end quote. So the debut album as a leader from Molly Obamsawin, Sweet Tooth, it's out on the Out of Your Head label. And it features her not only on bass and lead vocals and drums, but musicians Savannah Harris, Miriam El-Hadji, Allison Burick, Noah Campbell, and Taylor Ho Bynum. That's quite a lineup. I was really knocked out by this album. It's deep, uh, requires some pretty close listening, uh, but I'm really, really excited to have discovered Molly and her music, and I look forward to hearing more from her in coming years. So let's check out this tune. It's called Lineage from the album Sweet Tooth by Molly Obomsawin.
is just so lovely two masters of their craft on two of the world's most beautiful instruments Kaihan Kalhor from Iran playing the four-stringed instrument the Kamanche the so-called Persian spike fiddle and Tumani Giabate from Mali on the Kora which needs no introduction their new album together is called the sky is the same color everywhere and it's just breathtaking i think regular listeners of ok jazz will certainly be familiar with the name tumani giabate he's one of the most famous musicians in the world now for a couple of decades playing the kora in a whole bunch of settings okaihan kalhor perhaps not quite as famous although his career now has seen him perform worldwide and he actually became pretty well known playing with Yo-Yo Ma's Silk Road Ensemble. It was a little documentary film about that group, and Kaihan had a prominent role. Well, I recently read a very long profile of Kaihan Kahor uh, on the NPR Music website. His life story is pretty intense, as he is of Kurdish descent, but he had to flee Iran in 1980 as a boy after the revolution there. He eventually settled in Canada and was living as well in the U.S., but he returned to Iran in the early 2000s. Definitely a lot more as well in his life between then and now. It's worth reading about. Very fascinating story. Well, you should be sure to check out some of his solo records. In addition to this new one, The Sky is the Same Color Everywhere. His duet with Tumani Giabate, easily one of the best album releases of the year so far. Um, the story goes that when these two guys met at a festival a couple years back, they had not met each other before. Uh, they just sat down and without really talking started to play and they felt the connection. New partnership was born and we are so lucky that it was. Well, before that tune, we heard one from saxophonist and composer Kenny Garrett. That was his cover of John Coltrane's After the Rain. It's a good one now that the rainy season seems about done here in eastern Japan. It comes from Kenny's album Pursuance, the music of John Coltrane, one of the better of the endless number of Coltrane tribute albums. And One reason I think that is Kenny's not only a great musician, but he's not playing tenor sax. He plays alto. So he's coming to these tunes with a very, very different sound. I find myself, when I hear tenor sax players play endless Coltrane covers, to be kind of bored. I mean, honestly, why even bother, really? If you're going to cover John Coltrane, go in a whole new direction. Bring us something unique, you know? Well, you have been listening to the OK Jazz Podcast, episode number 161. It's time for me to get in a little nap here, because it is damn hot. I'm going to head out tonight, though. We are in the middle of a three-day weekend here in Japan, and, and tonight, Sunday p.m., is the long-delayed return of the Rumba Rock DJ Night. All African grooves by four insane collectors, including my good buddy, Plainstone. So, you know, i got to be there to check out all the music. Don't forget, as always, you can find the playlist for this and all of the programs on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Atmark, Mr. OK Jazz Tokyo. You can listen to the show via iTunes, SoundCloud at the KOLradio.com website, or TokyoJazzSite.com. If you want to get in touch with me directly, drop me an email, Mr. OK Jazz at Mark, TokyoJazzSite.com. Well, look, let's go out today with one from the soundtrack of the TV series Twin Peaks, The Return by David Lynch. I have been making my way through it. I'm only four episodes to go now, and it's, you know what, I'm going to save my thoughts on that until I finish. Um, It's certainly not your regular TV show, obviously, uh, for good and bad. But one interesting feature is that almost every episode ends with a live performance on stage at the Bang Bang Bar that's in the town of Twin Peaks. 
This next one was one of the best of that series. Um, the singer is Rebecca Del Rio. She's a David Lynch favorite. You may remember her from her cameo in the great film Mulholland Drive back in 2003. This one is so, so good as Rebecca effortlessly switches between singing in English and Spanish, a song called No Stars. Well, I'll be back pretty soon with the next episode of the show. Until then, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Let's try to stay cool. And, uh, yeah, crack a beer and put on another episode of OK Jazz until I get back to you. Minasama, James day.
Yeah.